0: Welcome to Design Much with Andy and
1: Patrick.
0: Allie, welcome to the show. You're not Patrick, but welcome to the show.
1: I am not Patrick. I'm not.
0: (laughs) No, and I think that's okay.
1: (laughs) I was trying to think. I was like, oh, guy, is it Guy Fieri? I'm not him either. Patrick's Patrick's (laughs) doppelganger.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He he has a couple out there actually, a couple doppelgangers. Yeah, the Smash
1: um, Mouth guy.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he just has to kind of like change his look a little bit, and then he's just somebody else. Yep. So, yeah, he's he's lucky. He can just, I think he would be really lucky if he was like in a police chase. Um, he could just like put a hat on. Yeah. Or something, or just maybe make his hair a little bit different, and all of a sudden he's somebody else, and then you know the police would just completely forget who he is.
1: So basically I mean, would, Patrick is a perfect criminal. <laughs> he could be our next, you know, he could do anything. Yes,
0: I think so. I think so. Um, it's either that or he's already been all of these other people and he's just, in, he has all yeah. these different personalities and his latest one is Design Much, you know, his latest Long Kong yes. is Design Much.
1: Okay. That, I think we solved it.
0: I think we did. I think we're, I may, that's the end of the episode, right?
1: Yeah. And maybe right now he's actually off living a different life. During this, that's, that's why he's not here right now.
0: That's probably why he's <laughs> not here. He had a schedule conflict and he had to, you know, <laughs> um, cook something mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever that show is called. I never watch it. Um,
1: Diners, Drive, but, and Dives. I have watched it.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think he's probably doing one of those episodes right now. They had to call him off and do it really quick. So um, I'll, to all of our um, Design Much listeners, he is not here because of that reason.
1: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Cla-
0: he, he bleached his hair white for a second and, you know, spiked it up and put on some put glasses. On <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Now I, feel <laughs> b- now I feel like we can talk about design stuff better.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but before we get started, I also want to introduce you to our listeners, Ali. Um, so I've, I worked with you back in the day at Canopy, um, and that was a great experience. Um, so if you want to just kind of um, let us know who you are know what what you're doing right now where you're working uh, that'd be great
1: sure yeah so I'm Allie Clark Allison is technically my full name but no one calls me that and I am currently a designer at Pluralsight which is a company that has a technology skills platform for learning basically any tech skill that you want to learn so it's pretty applicable to what we do even they don't have as many design courses but I'm hoping one day that will become a bigger priority um
0: you're working on those right Those courses. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah totally I I could be an author you know actually I do have one course on our platform a little oh, from from one of our conferences so it was just a kind of a thought presentation I did during our internal conference so I, d- I have done one of those and I've been practicing design formally as a UX designer for just a little like over three years I think so I'm still pretty new and fresh in the industry.
0: Awesome. Well, it's it's great to have you on the show. Um, It'd be great to get your perspective on on things. And um, you know, coming onto this, um, you you had a, a topic that you wanted to talk about, right?
1: Yeah. Although I might switch it on you. <laughs> not, <laughs>
0: you to switch it on me. <laughs> not like it's
1: one of the ones we. It was one of the ones in my list. But the more uh-huh. I've thought about it, I'm like, I think I have more to say about. Um, being a leader on your team as a UX designer. And the reason I actually started thinking about that more was I think it was in either your last episode, you and Patrick were talking about a show that he had recommended to you. And at one point, Andy, you were like, "It, it doesn't matter if your title is manager, like anyone can be a leader. And that's something I've experienced a lot while I've been, honestly, like both at Canopy and Pluralsight, and it's something that I wasn't originally very comfortable with, but I think it makes a big difference um, for your cross-functional team if you can really try try to be a leader, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's really awesome. And that's something I believe. I think you can be a leader, you know, without having that title for sure. But um, the title helps, I guess. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> then they know you're supposed to like do leadership stuff, yeah, um, um, but yeah, so what is what does leadership mean to you exactly as a designer?
1: Yeah, and that's a really good direction to go in because maybe not what, what I'm talking about is maybe not the formal title like or role of a manager, but really owning the um, like, owning obviously the user like anything advocating for the user but then also like helping your team out and being a representative for your team a lot of times I've noticed at least in my experience developers can sometimes be hesitant to um, speak up especially with, with other leadership present and so I had an opportunity when we didn't have a product manager to really try to stand up for our team and present like the situation we were in and um just help us move through different obstacles and challenges and even just with like team morale and health I've realized sometimes someone and it's not always it doesn't have to be a designer obviously so I think it really can expand to every role but if you can look at like take a pulse of the room and of your team and figure out like do we need someone to help facilitate this meeting? Like, I don't know, have you ever joined a meeting and, like, no one says anything? <laughs> like, no one, no <laughs> one's taking charge? Like, that happened yeah. to us a few times in stand-up where everyone's just, like, standing there. Well, now we're sitting on Zoom, and it's just silent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, who's going to say, let's get started? Here's what I did yesterday. Um, so I guess that, like, that's what I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So it kind of sounds like you... You saw that there was a hole in terms of like leadership, and you just took that on, right? So you just kind of took the opportunity to start saying, "Okay, here's the right thing we're supposed to be doing as a team," because no one else is stepping up to do it, um, and and you just kind of took in that role. I think that's really cool, and I think, I think sometimes as designers, like we can we can always say like, um, "Well, I'm hired to do this one thing," like I'm not yep. hired to run a stand up. Yep. I'm not hired to. Um, you know, to help our developers know what they're supposed to work on um, specifically, you know, kind of like what PMs do. Yep.
1: You,
0: you can sit there and say, I'm not hired to do this thing. Um, or you can say, here, here's how I can help out with this thing, you know. And I think you could bring your perspective and your experiences as a designer into that, that role. So I really like what you're saying there. Um, I think that's really cool. And I think um, there's a lot of things that... Um, that we can also do kind of going along those lines. Even if we do have a PM presence in our team, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can definitely speak up kind of what you said um, as designers and say, maybe we should, you know, be focusing on this in terms of vision. Um, You know, you can talk with developers and get their ideas. And um, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. We don't have to just relegate ourselves to our designer role. Yes. For sure.
1: Yeah, like a little backstory... I wish it was me who had really initiated that on my own, but it was actually kind of triggered by my manager. Um, I have a business leader at Sight, and during my, my first two months there, we didn't have a PM, and our team was just kind of struggling, to be honest. And I was not only new to the company, new to the team, um, but she and I and some different separate one-on-ones like, would kind of discuss team morale and just how we were struggling. And she kind of put it upon me, and just didn't say I needed to do it, but just said like, propose like, hey Allie, like, what if you tried to to do this in this meeting, or like, have you ever told the team what you're thinking? And I I hadn't, like, I had kind of isolated myself or con- to just the box of design. Like, I'm just supposed to talk to our customers, design some mocks, and you know, show those to our team, and um, that's been a huge growth experience for me because I think it helped my team gain a lot of trust in me and build relationships. And then once our PM did join, it was, it was like, it wasn't a, like, I do this, you do this type of, Mm -hmm. type of deal. Like we, we were a partnership and I, I guess that's one of my greatest beliefs in product design. Like, I just think it's so important that you have a close partnership with a product manager and that you're not working in isolation. Um, and that you're willing to stand up though for how, what you're seeing and not just like become stagnant and like just follow the flow of things because I think we can become pretty apathetic sometimes if we're not careful.
0: Yeah. Awesome. No, I really like that. So kind of speaking to your experience as well. Um, I think it can be kind of scary and daunting, especially when you're, you're maybe new in the field and you're joining a team. What is, how do you get started doing that? Like you see, I need to fill this role. Mm -hmm. I need to be a leader as Mm -hmm. a designer. Like what are my first steps? Like how do you, how do you start doing that?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know the perfect formula and I think it depends on everyone's different personality. Um, for me, I always try to approach it from as humble of a position as possible because I never want to step on anyone's toes so a lot of times it would just be proposing hey would you like me to like help lead this meeting or would you like me to take notes um like off kind of like offering your services or like things that you're seeing a gap in proposing like hey I could help with that or even asking someone else like hey I think you would be really good at this would you like to help um that's the first step that worked for us. And I think just taking ownership, a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, that'd be great if you did that. Like, no, it's like that first step that gets you, gets the ball rolling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that the first step's not easy to do, but (laughs) I think it's, it's important to just kind of take that leap. And I think it also kind of goes along with what you're saying, like being able to bond with your team, like Mm -hmm. before your PM finally joined, it sounded like your team would like was bonded and like you to work together because, um, I think a lot of that comes from you, um, being willing to be vulnerable too. Um, it's a really important part. So I think like if you are vulnerable and you're you're okay with making mistakes, making mistakes in front of people, I think they're going to see that and they're going to realize, okay, this is, this is a human I'm dealing with and um, I can relate to them, <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, you as a team can actually grow a lot better as, as you're both kind of creating a culture where everybody can speak up and everybody can, you know, voice their opinion and, and become, yes. you know, leaders in their own perspective areas for sure.
1: Yeah, actually, if I could change my answer, I would say go listen to <laughs> Brene Brown, and <laughs> she – are you a Brene Brown fan, Andy?
0: Um, I I can't say that I heard of Brene Brown.
1: Okay, well, now you have some new homework (laughs) after the show. She's an incredible um, social worker. I think she, Mm, now I'm like questioning myself, but her background, like she's a researcher and has done a ton of research on, um, like, now she's working in the work, like, examining workplace and organizational um, structure and how people best work together and what creates successful companies and like at the root of it all it's always a vulnerability and so mm. when you said that word I was like I thought I thought you were already at, like of the school of Brene Brown <laughs> because that's her like her go-to word and um our team talks about vulnerability a lot and assuming positive intent and um mm-hmm. yeah just just not being afraid to say things. Yeah. But you have to cultivate that cu- culture first. It takes time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do for sure, but I think that's super important for, for creating the best work. Cause otherwise you, if you don't trust anybody, you're not going to tell them what you're working on because mm-hmm. um, you're afraid, you're afraid they're going to like, you know, tear it down or something, you know, it's, it's not super healthy, right. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not as vulnerable, but otherwise I think you can have I'm a really good, I guess, the opposite of that, a very healthy working relationship. And you can be able to build the best products together. And I think as you're bonded doing it, you're going to be really excited working on these projects together. Yep. um, And being okay with with that failure if it possibly comes, right?
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like inevitably (laughs) when it comes, like I've just accepted (laughs) that in my job. Failure is going to come and things never seem to go as we plan like our happy path and so Mm -hmm. it definitely helps
0: yeah and i think that's okay too i think as designers we're supposed to fail right because i think that's how we learn right it's how we know what's um what works and what doesn't yep (laughs) um so that's that's really cool so another thing i wanted to bring up as well you kind of mentioned this like we need to also kind of be leaders um over over see what's the right way how did you put this leaders over um basically our our users voice right um how do you feel like designers can can be good leaders leaders over that voice like how can we you know how can we be good at communicating that voice across the company
1: i think the first thing and it this sounds like so basic, but honestly, I don't know if we do this all the time as designers. Like, I think we jump ahead too quickly is lit, like really getting to know the user, like understanding our user, doing interviews, um, creating journey maps and like just understanding how they're using your product, what their motivations are, um. And then creating artifacts that you can then share with your team members and the company at large because that's ultimately how you build that organizational empathy for this user. Because sometimes I think it's e- it's just easy to operate under assumptions. And so without doing that initial research, it's really hard to to have a strong stance. It's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've gone into meetings before and said, I think our user would like prefer this, or I think we should do it this way, but I actually didn't have the the research or knowledge to really back it up. And so it it falls flat and the team is kind of like, well, yeah, that's just your opinion, Allie. You don't have actual, <laughs> actual reason. And the, to be honest, like I might have a good hypothesis and it, it could be true, but if I haven't actually proven it to some extent or, really understood and gotten to know our user it it it's not as successful.
0: Yes. Um I love that point. When so that kinda makes me think of like my experience with leadership in companies. So for example, like if if a a, an executive or a CEO is telling me some piece of information and I don't actually believe it because I don't believe the source of that information to be true. Mm -hmm. um, then like, I'd, I'm not going to see them as like a good leader for, for the company or for myself, right? Or for like the direction I'm heading in. Um, so I think what I'm, what I'm hearing and what I definitely resonate with what you're saying is like you, you need to be a leader in terms of, I guess, the information that you're selling to people, that you're sharing with people needs to come from a good place. Okay. <laughs> it can't just be your own personal opinion. Um, and you need to be able to use the tools that designers all have to be able to know this information and share it the right way. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and if you if you're not telling that story, you know, well, um, you know, with with all that information that you've collected, um, then you might not be able to get that leadership <laughs> And you might not be able to get um, the conviction the others need from it.
1: Exactly, it's kind of like the old cliche. I don't know if this is the old cliche, but just like da- having data driven design, it includes mm-hmm. about our users, like having actual data and both qualitative and quantitative about our users, so then we can accurately advocate for them.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And there's that, like, that word that, like, being able to advocate for them is is definitely what I think I'm trying to get at here. I think that's a really great way to say it because you can't advocate for them if you don't have that data. Right. You know, you can, you can say, like, the user wants this or the user doesn't want this. You can fight for them all you want, but if there's nothing to back that up, um, it's not going to resonate with anybody, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. And and it like and then I think you just continue to carry through carry that through your entire design process. Um, once you've designed something, obviously testing it with users again to make sure that you've really kept them in mind and and all that data that you that led you to make those decisions is now paying off and gaining more data <laughs> too mm-hmm. to make sure that it's acu- like that it's solving the right problem.
0: Yes absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. So, um yeah, what other what other aspects of leadership that maybe we haven't discussed or is there, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in in regards to how we can uh be better leaders as designers even as, you know, younger designers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, being like it definitely is challenging being a, a not as seasoned designer because you you worry that Maybe you don't carry the clout (laughs) or experience Mm -hmm. to say the things sometimes. But once again, if you come from a place of empathy and um, humility and vulnerability, I think most people want to hear what you have to say. And it's always valuable to have multiple perspectives. Um, And the other so like the other area I've been thinking about is not only leadership within your team, but leadership of representing outside of your team, like to your other stakeholders. Um, Mm. I think that's another area that as designers, we actually, we have a lot of power because we have the toolkit of being able to design something visually to share with others. And then we have to carry that through in our presentation skills, I guess. Like we have to learn how to present. We, We can create something really great visually and then being able to, lead out and explain that to stakeholders i found is also a really valuable skill that i'm continuing to learn and have not perfected but it it can be really helpful because i think a lot of times that's another role that we see product managers doing but if we can do that with like in parallel with our product manager with that lens of the user as well so saying like this is these are the initiatives we we're working on they, might, they support this company objective, but they also help our user in this way. Um, and just being able to, in any meeting or discussion you're having with other stakeholders, being able to advocate for that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love that. I think that's, that's really important. And I really like how, again, you're talking about like working in parallel with product management. It's not something that you necessarily have to do alone as a designer, right? Yep. It's probably going to come from a better place if you are working with them. Instead of, like, yeah, um, kind of going off on your own and (laughs) being the, you know, the designer cowboy or lone wolf or whatever.
1: Yes, I hope I did. Yeah, that's not my goal at all is to present, like, to to make yourself your own, like, leader and, like, just be rogue and doing crazy things. Don't do that. Like, work very intentionally (laughs) with your product (laughs) manager and leaders. Um, But, like, yeah, just being willing to speak up and use your voice and perspective for good to help propel the product i think it's really easy for us designers to stay quiet at least for me it has been
0: (laughs) yeah that's been um so something for me um i'm a very introverted person
1: no (laughs) i'm a very yes
0: even though even though i have a podcast (laughs) Um, on, on which I co-host, I, am actually a very introverted person, so I'm a quiet actual individual. Um, so what would you recommend for, for people like me, um, who aren't the type, like my, my natural inclination is not to speak up. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not to be, um, you know, the loudest person in the room. Um, would you have any recommendations or advice for individuals that, that are like that, that know they need to be leaders, but aren't sure how exactly?
1: Yeah. I think it's one thing you have to practice for sure. Like it's never going to be easy if that's not your natural inclination. And so people don't believe this about me because I think I've been described as an extroverted introvert. I'm actually very introverted as well, but somehow talk a lot. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) but yeah, for, I think the biggest thing you can do is maybe start small, like start, just in your one-on-one conversations with your product managers or your your personal leader um, or developers, like, it's obviously less scary to speak up in those situations and talk about concerns you have than it is to do so in, like, a board meeting, which obviously I'm not at the table of our board meetings, but if I were. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you're you're working on it though, right? yeah, yeah, I'll be there soon, hopefully, <laughs> so <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, so I think it's practicing, and then obviously not not talking just to talk, um, but just making sure that you're staying present. I think that's another point or perspective I've learned is sometimes it was easy for me to disengage or not pay attention during like technical meetings. Or certain meetings that felt not very designy to me, um, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) And I realized there's like actually it's like oh Ali you need to pay attention more because this is impacting the future of what you're going to design or like there's things that there might be research and knowledge that I have that actually was very relevant. Um, Hopefully I don't lose my job for saying that, but. I I do a lot better now at engaging in in all meetings but there's just been moments where yeah I thought it wasn't applicable to me and now I've I've learned that's not the case and those are the times where it's like oh I should speak up.
0: Yeah, so I started laughing because <laughs> um, I've definitely experienced that like a lot Okay, oh it's not actually, just me. <laughs> where yeah, I'll find myself like I'll just like realize I'm like in this tech meeting and all the developers, engineers are talking, um, I think you can definitely you know, very easily just tune that out. You could be like, OK, I, this isn't about <laughs> design. This is about like the back end or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you'll you just like tune it out. Um, I have done that. So I will definitely admit that I have <laughs> done that. Um, and w- what you're saying, though, is super true. Like, it, it is really important to be to be present in those meetings and to pay attention because, um, not only will it affect your design, I think you can also learn a lot yeah. about how your product works, um, and yeah, basically, like I, I think Patrick has talked about this. He talked about this like like last, the last episode. I think like when you are, when you're working with something, you have to know like, kind of the materials you're working with, right? Like if you're doing print design, if you're doing industrial design, you have to understand the materials that you're working with. Yep. If you are doing, um, you know, digital product design, I think it's the same thing. Um, you do need to understand, you know, in, in some sort of way, what what what's going on with your product. Um, you know, be it the back end code, the front end code, any of that stuff. You should you should be able to somewhat know what's going on. You don't have to know everything they're saying, but it's important to <laughs> to do definitely understand, um, basically the basics. And I think as you you pay attention to those meetings, as you're saying. Um, you can definitely do that. So I think that is a wonderful point.
1: Yeah, and w- once you start paying attention in those meetings that you don't think apply to yourself, that's when you actually start like putting those pieces together more and it gives you opportunities and reasons to speak up. Like once again, you have that design perspective that no one else in that room might have and that's when your voice is needed the most. But in order to know even that you should speak up you you have to be paying attention <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like that's a very another very basic point but le- life lesson for me
0: <laughs> Yeah, step one pay attention. <laughs> yeah no that is awesome great so um yeah is there any other advice that you do you think you'd like to give in terms of of leadership and design
1: oh, I would just say I think something I'd mentioned to you, Andy, is just, like, that I think is, like, a correlated topic and maybe not its own topic is just gaining that confidence. It's – I don't – I didn't have it naturally, and I still don't think I'm completely confident in everything I do or say as a designer, but um, just trusting yourself and that what you have to say is – important and valuable um yeah and and just practicing because that's that's one of the hardest parts as a new designer is trying to prove yourself and and balancing like not being obnoxious or (laughs) or like going (laughs) going too far um yeah sorry I'm rambling now but yeah just trying to find that confidence and mm-hmm. um use it for good
0: yeah that is so awesome um i am definitely still working on the not being obnoxious part <laughs>
1: yeah I totally problem. <laughs> no. i
0: get i get feedback all the time <laughs> me too just, They 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 use that word specifically <laughs> <laughs> um in, in my one-on-ones um that's, i'm very obnoxious that's what
1: patrick <laughs> used to tell me all the time at canopy you know so <laughs>
0: yeah uh me too me too <laughs> Um, no, I think those those are um, wonderful um, final words. I think, I think you do need to have that confidence, like, and I think you're going to gain that confidence if you're doing your job right as a designer, you are, you're talking to users and you're, you're testing with users. And I think that's going to give you, you know, the the ammunition, the confidence that you need in order to, to speak up. So if you're in a meeting and you hear like somebody saying something that's kind of off the cuff. But you as a designer have taken the time to actually learn, oh, the, actually users don't like this thing or they, they do like this thing, you know, and you could have the confidence to say, I've actually done a lot of research and I can show you this research that proves that um, our customers would prefer this sort of experience over this experience. Yeah. And I think, I think that as, as a designer, any ounce of confidence that I've received has been from, you know, just doing that work yeah. doing that research. Um, without it, then I don't have confidence to say anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love that sentiment.
1: Yeah, and as like as you were just talking, I was thinking. This whole concept of like being a UX leader. It also just makes me think of. I think as designers, we are naturally em- more empathetic humans. Not more, but. We're empathetic people. And so mm-hmm. it's important that we use that that skill and trait to like we were saying in the very beginning, like to bond our team and to kind of read the room and recognize like the emotional state of everyone. And and it sounds like outside of our job scope, I think, sometimes, but it just benefited my team so much to like see if like my team members seem burned out or upset and kind of seek that context with them of hey like how can I help you out and sometimes it's not in like actually probably more often than not it's not in a group setting it might be after the meeting like in a one-on-one and just saying hey like I noticed you seemed really upset or you seemed confused by this like is there anything we can talk about and I just think that really helps once again you build that trust in your team to ultimately deliver the, the best product.
0: Yes. No, I love that. Um, I think that's really cool. So not just using empathy for the user, Yeah. <laughs> but also like, let's, let's take some time to figure out how, how my team is doing. Right. Yeah. And I think you can find um, a lot of great opportunities to be a leader with that. Yep. So excellent advice.
1: That wraps up. That's cool. like, that's I think the thought in my head that I've been having a hard time putting putting into words. So it's kind of like my rambled thoughts of like (laughs) what you said is, yeah, having empathy for both our users and our teammates. And yeah, using that to lead out.
0: Yeah, that's very awesome. Well, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been really great to to have this conversation and, get, you know, hear your insights on UX leadership, I've, I've learned a lot. So I really appreciate it.
1: Heck yeah. No, I've, you know, I've just been waiting for you to have me on so I could drink LaCroix in front of Patrick and now he's not here. <laughs> and I only had like the Kirkland brand, so it's not even as cool. <laughs>
0: but. Oh, man. Well, we'll have to have you on again <laughs> so you can just, yeah, bust, all, bust out that LaCroix in front of Patrick. Heck yeah. You know, make him feel bad. That's a great idea.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Andy.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You want to know the best way to support the podcast. And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it, share it with a coworker, share with a family member, share with a friend, share with whoever you want to share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody. doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmunch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org contact and fill out the form.